Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Cast of Drips Blood. This is one of your hosts, Deadite Dave, and joining with me today across the internet is... Jigsaw Jody. Ooh, good to have you, Jody. And uh, we're here. It's uh, me and Jody uh, doing kind of a uh, the Cast of Drips Blood party over the internet, and it'll be a good time. This is our top horror of the year for 2020. This is kind of where we take a look at horror in general of the year and give you our picks. So um, a lot of people, you know, kind of wait for these year-end lists, you know, and, and find some stuff they haven't seen or kind of what's worth watching, and uh, we're hopefully going to clear that up for you. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how our lists stack up. Uh, me and Jody tend to agree, except on one thing, thing and that's extreme. <laughs> so we'll see how uh, how that fares out with our lists. Although there really hadn't been a whole lot of extreme horror this year, frankly. Not too much. Not too much at all. But uh, before we do that and get into our lists, uh, we are going to talk about what we've been watching. Now, Jigsaw Jody, tell me what you've been watching. I went and saw Monster Hunter at the theater. I had a good time with that. Yeah. Um, I was in the mood for some Halloween feelings. Uh, I even carved one of our leftover pumpkins this week. Yeah. Uh, but I watched a movie called Halloween Party, which I liked a lot, okay. and a movie called The Good Things Devils Do that was not so great. And it had the <laughs> horror con usuals, Lene Quigley, uh, Bill Oberst and Kane Hodder in it, in very you know, you know the five minute roles that they have in these things. Yeah, it would usually shot uh, on like a cell phone camera of some sort, and yeah, I, I think I know what you're meaning. <laughs> yeah, and I watched a movie called Don't Look Back. It just came out on video this week. It's from the writer of the Final Destination movies, and cool. it's about. Uh, a man who's being assaulted and all the people who kind of were passers-by that stopped and looked but didn't help him are oh, getting man. killed off one by one. So it's kind of like a Final Destination thing, but it, it kind of missed the mark. I, I was oh, that's a cool concept. Yeah. G- give, give it a shot. It's not the, it's not the worst thing, but it's, it's not the best either, unfortunately. <sighs> um, I watched what I call the 2020 Best Worst Movie. And that would be Jiu-Jitsu. Man, I saw featuring this at Walmart to- wanted to get it. Yeah, oh, it had uh, Tony Jaa and uh, Nicolas Cage doing his thing. Perfect. Um, and some other martial artists that I know your dad would know. That they were <laughs> Frank Grillo's a, a, in this, isn't he? Yeah, Frank Grillo's oh, in it. I love yeah, Frank Grillo. Good in it. That dude's awesome. He's my hero. Yeah, <laughs> the, the main lead guy, his name is Elaine Moosey. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's been know, in a lot of stuff too. 
Yeah, he does like kickboxer vengeance and that kind of stuff. Uh, let's see what else we got. I watched Anything for Jackson on Shudder. There you which go. We'll be talking about later. Ooh. And I finally spoiler? caught up with the Beach House. The Beach House. That's a little a bit of a spoiler, I would say. Yeah. Beach House was good. Uh, I watched It's a Wonderful Life for the first time all, all the way through. I've seen chunks of it many times over it's on TV. I'll catch like it from the 20 minute mark to the hour mark or something like that. But I'd never sat through and watched it start to finish. So we watched that. Watched Spree with the guy from Stranger Things. Uh, Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And that's about YouTube culture, basically. Like and subscribe and hey guys and all that stuff. Uh, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Not amazing. Not terrible. Yeah, and I'm then today I caught two movies, two movies at the theater. I got Wonder Woman eighty four. We did my family did a private theater rental watch party of that, so we had the whole theater to ourselves, because that one actually I I've been going like I said I've been going to the theater a lot and there's almost never anybody there or if there are it's just one or two or three people, but I knew that Wonder Woman was going to have a crowd so we just went into the theater rental just to be full safe, mm-hmm. and then I went and saw Carrie Mulligan's film. Promising Young Woman, uh, right before we started recording. It's yeah, I really excellent. want to see that. Yeah, it does sound good. For sure. What, what did you How think about of you? Wonder How about you've been watching? I gave Wonder Woman an 8 out of 10. I think that it was very good. I highly enjoyed it. I was really pumped. There were some really great sequences. Um, you know, it's. I always say it's unfair to compare something to the first one, but it's hard not to. I mean, it's, it's a little little less than the first one, um, more drama and character based than action based. And some of the people that I I went with were feeling that they wanted more action scenes, and I've seen that in some of the reviews that people were looking for some more action. But for for me, I I thought it was good, um, to very good, and I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll, I'll kind of cover that on my my uh, why I've been watching too. I uh, I quite enjoyed it. It's getting a bit of divided reaction, so I wanted to put some put some uh, out of that one for sure. I uh, watched a ton of Christmas films. I caught up with Dial Code Santa Claus, and uh, I watched the uh, yes. Joe Bob Briggs cut of that. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> real real wild. Um, Although at the same time not as wild as you would think, and it's uh, it's pretty pretty interesting. It takes itself somewhat serious, but it definitely has fun with its concept. I liked a lot of the elements of it, like the Santa Claus looked pretty awesome in it, and then like all the different kind of cultural differences, like in how we celebrate like Christmas, is fascinating to me, and I think a lot of people would probably be confused. But um, it's actually something worth looking into anyway, you know, because uh, there's just some weird traditions and stuff they, they cover. And the Joe Bob Briggs version kind of catches you up to speed with that. Uh, so that's probably the way to watch this one. I gave it an 8 out of 10. And have you have you ever seen a more epic mullet? No, I have not. I have not. There's not very many epic mullets in the world, but that one was. That one definitely was. Absolutely. And uh, Christmas Evil was up next. I have always loved Christmas Evil. This movie is dark and uh, very seedy. And uh, it works. The atmosphere is great. Um, Excellent kind of story of how he kind of turns into this evil kind of Santa Claus and makes it in some way, you know, believable. And uh, I give that one a 9 out of 10. 
I uh, do recommend checking out Christmas Evil. It's not as cheesy as you might think it is. It's frankly up there with the better of the Christmas horror. I would put it up with the next one that I watched with Black Christmas. Um, that's, I still say, is one of the best one-off slashers that has ever been made. Fantastic film. That has such a great atmosphere. I gave both of these films a 9 out of 10. I love them both about equally. And uh, they're both must-watches. If you're a horror fan, it's a must-watch. And if you're just like a Christmas movie fan, you should probably see them. Um, unless you just hate horror. Uh, but no, I, it, they are really good. And then I watched A Christmas Story. Uh, that one's a 10. I, I love that movie. I watch it every year. Um, some people don't love it as much. I, I love the perfect blend of humor. I just love Bob Clark as a director. I think the guy's just amazing. And I love the work that he does. Uh, next up, I rewatched Red Christmas. Have you seen this one, Jody? I have, indeed. Yeah, this one uh, is something. <laughs> and um, I don't really know how to take it, to tell you the truth. And I still don't. <laughs> After watching it again, I don't know exactly where it falls on line with what the story is. Or if it falls into line with anything. And uh, I like it. It's just, I would avoid this one if it if these are some, you know... And for a lot of people, I'm sure these are some triggering uh, kind of topics in this film. So, uh, you've been warned, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you like it? I feel exactly the same way you do. There's, It's kind of like, I can't believe I'm watching this kind yeah. of thing. And it's like, eesh. But then at the same time, it's like kind of fascinating too yeah it's actually for it's extremely low budget i would assume pretty good movie in some ways but yeah i hear you krampus was up next i gotta watch that one you know christmas time i love that movie i watched uh, monster hunter i did catch that one in the movie theater uh very happy to do so uh thank shout out to motley uh, who got me an amc gift card and um went went and checked this one out and uh yeah i, I had a great time I, i've have you played the video games jody are you familiar with them i have not i have not okay um i've played i'm but not i the, need to since if there's a cat pirate in it i gotta get there it. is there is um that's actually uh part of the, they, they did a fairly decent job of capturing the tone of the video games i've played i've not played all of them i played the first one when it came out on playstation 2 and then um that was fairly early on. And then I played, like, the uh, mobile ones, like the 3DS versions and stuff. And then I played the one that came out on the Wii U. And then uh, there was the most recent one, Worlds, which I haven't put a whole lot of time into. But what I have played, I've enjoyed. And I downloaded it again uh, before uh, going to the movie so I could play play a little bit more. And uh, the movie actually does a good job of capturing the, like, setting and kind of themes and, and uh, ideas of Monster Hunter. As far as I know, the kind of real life, you know, sort of modern day stuff is not in the video games. I don't remember that anywhere in it. But other than that, really the world it captures is there. And uh, the, like the creatures they fight are actually creatures from the game. Um, you know, so it's pretty interesting. And I don't want to give, give them away because, uh, you know, fans of the game will recognize them. But uh, it, they did a great job with it. I had a good time. Tony Yaw, you know, is in it and he's great. Uh, Mia Jovovich is in it, and she's always great, and uh, just good time. I, I like Paul W. S. Anderson, as like cheesy as his movies are. You know, I think they have just this gleeful cheese that it's it's hard to hate. So 
aside from some terrible editing uh, in the action scenes to where it makes it hard to see, um, it's it's a really good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. And then uh, next up, I watched Soul. A fantastic film. Fantastic. A great animated movie and uh, has so much going for it. Um, as a musician myself, I, I connected immediately with this character. I love that it... Not only does it bring black representation more to... Um, and, and kind of jazz culture to to a Disney movie, which is important and something that I feel Disney is oftentimes, you know, not really done a whole lot with. Um, but not only that, but it also brings like an older person, you know, which isn't always normally the lead role in a movie. Um, kind of like this middle-aged man um, in the movie. And it, it's fascinating with that. And it creates this story that's really powerful. And um, I, I was, I teared up at the end. I really did. And uh, I found it just absolutely fantastic. It's a must-watch. Um, definitely check out Soul. So, um, then next up, I watched Midnight Can't Sky. Wait. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you're pumped for it. I think you're gonna really love it too. I think this is one I might even rate higher on another watch. Um, it's usually that way with Disney animated movies for me. And next up, I watched The Midnight Sky, where I like the poster art probably more than the movie. Not to diss the movie, but that that's a great poster art. Um, George Clooney uh, directed this one, and he's very ambitious, and uh, uh, he shoots for the stars, and I wouldn't say he misses with it. Uh, I didn't love it. I found it, frankly, a little slow, and I wasn't all that interested in the story for the most part, but I think there, visually it does a lot of interesting things, and I think that the story, like for what it went for, I can't knock it. I, I'm sure it's something that was interesting to him and, and for plenty of people out there. Um, you know, a lot of good stuff. I could see it winning some technical awards or at least getting nominated for them. And, uh, you know, I, I did find it to be a beautiful film. Well, well acted, too. Um, Clooney was good. And uh, I, I can't diss it too bad. I, I did like it. I gave it a 6, I think. 6 out of 10. So, worth watching for sure. And uh, next up, I watched Wonder Woman 1984. Um, as I kind of said previously, it's a bit of a kind of mixed-reviewed uh, movie. And um, it just works really, really well. It's got plenty of action. Um, it, it is more drama heavy, uh, but I liked Pedro Pascal's character so much. Gosh, he was he's one of the best villains, in my opinion, that I've seen in a DC movie or maybe a superhero movie in a long time. He's, he brings such a great charisma to this movie and uh, steals some scenes in it, um, but... It's hard to say that Wonder Woman herself, uh, played by uh, Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot, um, didn't steal the show in her scenes too. She was great. Kristen Wiig was great. Really, everyone was good. The only problems are, like in the trailer, you could kind of tell. The it falls in the same trap the first one did, where there's for me the drama of the Wonder Woman story is much more interesting than the action usually. But I did appreciate in this one how it was cheesier. Did you notice that? Like, it had that 80s feel, not just in the setting, but the film itself. It really did. Yeah. And it, I think that they, they were going for that almost... They were still trying to, like, put in today's issues, you know, with, you know, women's issues and different things like that. But almost handling them in the way they were handled in the 80s. Yeah, no, I 100% I agree, and it works. You know, it works really well for its setting, and it. I think they handled that really well. Um, and, uh, you know, I loved all that stuff. Plenty of messages and interesting uh, 
uh, things to take away from it. And then um, by the time the ending came around, man, I was I was uh, I was moved by uh, where the story went and the story beats, and uh, I really cared about the plight of the characters. Like I, I dug the drama of it, and uh, you know there was of course the scene in the trailer of the the fight where where I just thought it was cheesy again. Uh, that was my problem with the first one, where it just had this a very unnecessary super CG fight that just looks kind of dumb, like out of nowhere, and it just doesn't really fit the tone of the movie. Like, I'm okay with action scenes in it, but, um, you know, I, I don't care for that one. I, and that was actually my problem with Black Panther as well. There's there's just this fight scene of a video game cutscene, pretty much, you know. And, uh, I mean, these all of the three movies I listed are great. Um, I love them all, but they all have that same problem of feeling like they need to be an action movie which i guess they do to a certain audience so i don't know but i felt myself kind of like i don't know <laughs> about it uh but no overall the wonder woman 1984 I, I did find to be great i loved it i would i hope i get a physical copy of it i will go see it again in the theater um unfortunately i didn't get to catch this one in the movie theater i watched it on hbo max because i didn't have the time to make it to the theater that day uh, but I will go see it Thursday on New Year's Eve with my family. So uh, we're all planning on going to go see it right then. On. And I'm, I'm very excited. I would, I'm super happy to watch it again. It's really good. So, yeah, I'm sure it looks great. It looked great at home, but I'm sure it's going to look even better on the big screen. Uh, it check definitely these kind of movies will. Out. So, um, which, uh, speaking of which, HBO Max is apparently buckled under some pressure. Um, I've heard from a report that dune is coming to theaters now if uh, that's correct yeah. you can uh correct me if i'm wrong but uh, i do believe that it's coming to theaters now so all the pressure timothy chalamet and denis Villeneuve have put into this and the rest of the people putting in the lord's work if uh <laughs> definitely definitely <laughs> definitely fought the good fight with it and uh it appears that it's coming in theaters theaters exclusively no less so good fantastic yep i'm glad i know our theaters are struggling i know the one uh nearby hopefully stays open i really do uh but i am concerned like when i went to go see monster hunter it was a i mean it was a holiday weekend like people should be packed it was seven o'clock at night and there was literally me and another couple in that theater that was it and uh for monster hunter so i was like that ain't good um you know so there were six of us total at Promising Young Woman. Gosh, dang. And you're in a bigger area, too, you know, so... Yeah. It was Toledo on Saturday night after Christmas. It should have been packed. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea what to say. I hope, I hope these theaters are able to stay open and make it past these difficult times. I really do. Uh, but, you know, that's important for us to, to fight the good fight and uh, keep on going out to the theater when you can. Uh, it really is important. Your do every, every person who goes to see the movie theater counts um, at this point to show that there's an audience for them. Uh, you know, we really are fighting for the future of cinema, uh, and I think it's very important. I don't mean to be dramatic, but it really is true. I, I think it's the definitive way to watch these movies um, oftentimes. Oh, well, enough of the dire straits. Uh, we'll get into our top horror of the year lists. And um, I think this will be pretty fascinating, Jody. Um, 
So before we start, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, Maniac Mike, if you haven't noticed, was not able to join us. Uh, he's busy. Uh, he has some work obligations and things to get done. So I will go ahead and read his list if you don't mind. Um, his honorable it. mentions are Haunting of Bly Manor and Cursed Films. Uh, his number 10 is Invisible Man. Number 9 is His House. Number 8 is Cleansing Hour. Number 7 is Mortuary Collection. Number 6 is Becky. Number 5 is Host. Number 4 is Color Out of Space. Number 3 is VFW. Number 2 is The Lodge. And number 1 is Anything for Jackson. Um, I figured that would be pretty high on his list, and uh, deservedly so. Uh, good list, Maniac Mike. Uh, I think we'll be hearing a lot of the same movies in similar places. Uh, on my list, anyway. Uh, <laughs> So uh, definitely a good list. Uh, do you have any thoughts to add to his list? Or are you ready to go ahead and get into yours? I'm ready, but I think his list is really good. And I forgot to... Well, I didn't watch it anyway, so I wouldn't have put it on there regardless. But I was thinking that The Bly Manor was a television show. Is that actually a movie this time around? or No, it's a miniseries. I, I cheated. I put it on mine, too. <laughs> okay. To be fair, there's actually a couple different, like, I wouldn't do, like, a long-running series, like, Supernatural. But to me, like, a mini-series or, like, an eight-episode series or something like that, to me, counts, if that makes any sense. Sure. So, I, uh, I included a couple on my different lists, and I cheated. So, basically, Jody, uh, how we're going to do this is we're, we're going to run through our honorable mentions up until number ten or so. And then uh, past that, we will uh, do ours uh, one at a time, you know, take turns at, at which our numbers are. Um, so, you know, if you're ready, um, would you present your honorable mentions list? Because we, we both basically cataloged all of the movies we watched this year. Um, I totally copied off of him a couple of years ago when I started doing this and uh, started logging all the movies I watched in order uh, throughout the year to make it easier. Oh. Well, for my honorable mentions, I'll have to go with The Babysitter, Killer Queen. Okay. Gretel and Hansel. Okay. The Wretched. And The Invisible Man. Ooh. And one more, Host. Those are some good and choices. And Host, only because... The only reason it's honorable mention is because it's not tech... Well... It's not technically a feature film. It's a sh technically a short. Fair. Um, but had it... I hate to say, well, had it been over that feature length mark, I, I hate to say that because it's perfect as it was. It didn't need yeah. to be any longer. So, but it's kind of awkward to like rank it with the features. I don't know. Like I think we'll I'm hoping we'll see a lot more movies coming out of the COVID quarantine that are like this. Yeah, I do. So too. Yeah, I, I actually one really like to it. Netflix. So. Oh, I love the host. It's so good. Um I if you haven't watched it anybody out there, I recommend doing what the filmmakers recommend and either watching it on a laptop or tablet with headphones. And then watch it in a dark room because then it's you're immersed in the experience that it looks like an actual. And I can vouch for this; it definitely does look like an actual like call on your screen, and it, it heightens the effect than cool. watching it on your television. 
Cool. So well, that sounds cool. That's the host. Um, did you did you have a list of all of your films that you wanted to run through breezily, or uh, where you just wanted to do your, uh, sure. your I, honorable mentions? Uh, it's up uh, it's up to you, but I ha- I have the full list of eighty. Are you going to run through yours? Or? Yeah, I think I will. If you want to uh, run through all of those up till ten, I'm I'm okay with that. Okay, well, starting at number eighty, the worst horror film of the year. Despite I love the man very much, but Joe Bob Briggs and Hogzilla, it gets my worst spot of the year. Yep, I'm not far off. Then next at number 79 is Veronica. <laughs> Our lists are very similar. <laughs> and then number 78, British home invasion movie, Don't Let Them In. Is that number get 77. In? No, not get in. It's Don't Let Them In. Get In is different. I didn't watch it because you hated it so much, so I just let Get In go past. Okay. <laughs> That's weird. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm no, good. Sorry called, for the it's called Don't Let Them In. Okay. Oh, no worries. Um, it, the box art for that movie, by the way, this came out on DVD back in January, so it's you, it's probably even gone at Family Video, and they probably sold it at this point. But um, it's just a British home of... British home invasion movie like The Purge or Your Next kind of thing. Okay. Number 77 is The Lurker. It's a masked whodunit style slasher. I have that with too. Scout, with Scout Taylor Compton as a high school student. And, you know, she was Laurie Strode back in Rob Zombie's Halloween in 2007. So that was 13 years ago. She, I mean, she's 31, I think, like, and she looks it. And it's not, you know, not even a commentary on her appearance, but she does not look like a high school kid. I know that's kind of a trope, but it's just so bad. She looks like she'd fit in more as a teacher than, <laughs> yeah, so that's something else. Um, number 76, Korean Horror, 0.0 megahertz. Mm-hmm. I could not get into that at all. Number 75, Lake of Death from Shudder. Number 74, The Turning, the worst movie I saw in theaters this year. Yep, not far off. Number 73, Don't Look Back. Number 72, My Valentine, if it's one of the Into the Dark movies. Oh, uh, yeah. 71, The Craft Legacy. Don't even get me started on that. Number 70, <laughs> The Good Things Devils Do. Number 6, Werewolf Movie, Hunter's Moon. Number 68, Deep Blue Sea 3. <gasps> number 67 some, yeah some shark exploitation <laughs> number 67 evil eye it was one of the four welcome to the blumhouse it was the worst of the four i thought number 66 the paramedic number 65 brahms the boy Two. 64 the grudge 63 smiley face killers 62 uh blade the iron cross not blade as in the vampire blade but blade as in the puppet master blade yeah, I still need to check this out. It's, I mean, it's, it's fine. If if you if you like all the rest of those, you'll like this one. Um, my commentary on that one was there's so much unnecessary nudity in it. That doesn't surprise me that's very why much. I, why I dinged it so low because it was like almost it was very gratuitous. Number sixty one, Fear Farm, spelled P H A R M. I bought that one too. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Number 60 is They Reach. Now, I do want to point out, at this point, we're in, like, movies that I've rated, like, three stars. 
Yeah. It's just I've watched a lot of horror movies, so. Yeah. Um, Fantasy Island at 59, that was actually better than I thought it would be. 58 is Extracurricular. 57 is We Should Have Left with Kevin Bacon. 56 is Day of the Lord. 55 is Robert Zemeckis' HBO Max movie, The Witches. Um, my big issue was that was the face CGI. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. Uh, number 54, this is probably going to be a lot lower than yours, sadly, but Blackwater Abyss, some exploitation. Dang. Number 53, <laughs> number 53, We Summon the Darkness. Dang. Number 52, The Rental. Dang. Number 51, Come, <laughs> Come Play. Number 50, Hubie Halloween. 49, Zombies 2 on Disney Channel. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm a little salty that, that Zombies 2 and Hubie Halloween made it more than, than uh, Blackwater Abyss, but it's all good. <laughs> um, number 48, Russian film called Evil Boy, also known as Stray, also known as, I don't know, some Russian title. Um, <laughs> it's got like three different titles. <laughs> Uh, number 47, Nobody Sleeps Alone in the Woods Tonight. Okay. Number six, Wolf Wolf of Snow Hollow. 45 is Swallow. 44 is Scare Package. 43 is Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. 42 is Hashtag Alive. 41 is Spree. 40 is Crawlers. 39 is Tales from the Hood 3. 38 is Empty Man. 37 is Jack in the Box. 36 is Don't Listen. 35 is Toys of Terror for my dude Nicholas Verso who directed Boys in the Trees. He made a Evil Toys movie. It was pretty pretty wild. I'm definitely not. Number for 34 that. is a a movie that I want to give a shout out. It was a micro budget homebrew indie movie called Don't Run. And it was a movie that was very carefully made, but you can tell they had no money. But it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look or sound bad, so it's very easily accessible. It's about a teenage boy who has a monster under his bed. His mother has died in a car accident, and his dad's not in the picture. But there's a monster under his bed that will kill him if he's not in his bed by sundown every day. So that was uh, I found that quite enjoyable. 33 is Yummy. From Shudder. 32 is Train to Busan Presents Peninsula. 31 is Alien Invasion Comedy Save Yourselves. Number 30, here's one, another one I want to give a shout out to. It's called Halloween Party. And it's about, it's going to sound really hokey, but it's about a killer meme. Almost like The Ring, how you watch the video. If yeah. you watch this meme then and don't do what you're supposed to do, then you die. And I actually thought it was really good. And it has a creepy kids element, very similar to the kids on the bus in, from Trick or Treat. So, But I, I highly recommend that one. It's called Halloween Party. Number 29 is Shortcut. Number 28 is Underwater. 27 is Babysitter Killer Queen. 26 is Black Box. By the way, all these that I'm reading off now are 8s out of 10. Uh, number 25 is The New Mutants. Mm-hmm. Number 24 is the best Welcome to the Blumhouse movie. It's called Nocturne. 
it's kind of got a Suspiria and Witches kind of vibe to it. I need to check this one out. I but it's it. about music school instead of a, a dancing school, but it's kind of similar. Number 23 is VFW. Number 22 is Hulu Original Bad Hair. Number 21 is Becky. And getting into my top 20, number 20 is His House. Number 19 is Beach House. 18 is Gretel and Hansel. 17 is Cadaver. 16 is Spiral. 15 is Vampires in the Bronx. Number 14 is The Wretched. Number 13 is Annabellum. Number 12 is The Invisible Man. And number 11 is Host. Ooh, what a list. Definitely some good stuff. And uh, you deserve you a little water break as I go through through mine. I know I know they get a yes. It can get a little a little lengthy. Uh, good list for sure. Um, I only disagree with a couple of them, and I'm only mild. I only mildly got my feelings hurt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, starting off at the bottom of my list, the worst movie of the year, but also not one that I hate, is Veronica. Uh, this movie sucks. Um, I like it, but it sucks, and uh, I, I can't help but love this film. I, I I make fun of it all the time. I still to this day, I, I my hair, oh no, my hair. <laughs> it's some good stuff, and um, this is one to watch with friends. And you definitely need to be drunk. Um, but if you are, you're in luck because this movie is really funny. Um, it's very sleazy though, so I could see some people being turned away from this. But I enjoyed it. Uh, next up is Hogzilla. This movie sucks. It's boring. Um, it sucks bad. The only way to watch this is with Joe Bob Briggs. And if you don't know have or, or have any knowledge about Joe Bob, don't watch this movie. There's literally no point. <laughs> you won't get nothing out of it. It really does suck. Uh, but it's fun to watch in context of him, if that makes any sense. Um, next up is The Painted Bird. Um, this movie... Got some praise from some people, but God bless America. I've never watched. I've never been so miserable watching a movie in my freaking life. Honestly, I hated it. I hate. I. I'm mad at the director for making it, and it's not even that I was offended by it. It tried so hard to offend me, or get me to feel something about it. it it's pretty much this small child walking around watching horrible people do horrible things to each other, and eventually to him. And it's just this misery porn stuff. And it's just horrible. And it just puts you in such a terrible mood. And like, not only that, but it's like three hours long. And it's monochromatic. This snail's pace stuff, too. Of just these horrible people. No one to attach to. No one to care about. It's insipid, man. I, I hate this film. Um, and frankly, I, I don't know. I don't want to go any farther than that. Because there's probably some people that like it. But... I hate it. <laughs> Next up is Fantasy. I have never even heard of this. You didn't? Uh, it got a lot of praise. It's actually a, it's a foreign film. It's uh, by Vaclav Amarhol is his name. Um, I, I probably butchered the name. There's some people legitimately on my friends list who gave this tense. Like, it's very divisive amongst people. Um, a lot of, like, art critics really loved it. Um, it's based on a book that's well-revered, too. And apparently it's the same as the movie, so the book probably sucks along with it. So I hated it. I, I haven't been so mad at watching a movie in my life. I really haven't. Me and my wife were miserable watching that thing. Um, next up is Fantasy Island. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't get by on that one. I don't like it. 
Um, next up is get in, not to be confused with get out, or the other one you listed near the bottom of your list that isn't any good. Don't let them in. Don't let them in, um, <laughs> which sounds like the like my dad's version of saying he watched <laughs> Get Out. Uh, <laughs> so, but oh well. Uh, next up is The Turning. I agree. Uh, I do want to watch it again after watching Bly Manor because they're based on the same story. Uh, so I actually rewatched this. I bought it. Um, our local family video closed, so I got it for a couple bucks. Uh, so I'll be giving this one another view. Probably never, but I have good intentions too anyway. Uh, next up is The Haunted. Uh, next up is Corona Zombies. Um, a fun little full moon feature. Uh, next up is Books of Blood, a Hulu film. Uh, next up is The Grudge. Then Confessional. Uh, then Hubie Halloween. Then Scare Me. Then You Should Have Left. Uh, with uh, Kevin Bacon and Amanda Seyfried in it. Um, these are starting to get to movies where they're not bad. Um, I, I, they're just kind of middling uh, for me. Next up is The Craft Legacy. And then The Jonestown Haunting. The Platform, uh, Vivarium, uh, which is slightly more of a sci-fi movie, but whatever. <laughs> I'll put it on here. Uh, the Pool, uh, some exploitation. Um, then Z, here's my placement of Black Box. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, Brahms, The Boy 2. Then The Barge People. Uh, then Powerbomb, a fascinating little uh, wrestling uh, horror film. Pretty good. Next up is Carry On, a movie that a lot of people are going to hate. Very artsy. Extremely artsy film, so so beware, but I did like it. Uh, well worth watching. Tales from the Hood, 3. Then Castle Freak, the remake. Uh, Puka Lives. Hashtag Alive. Get Duked. Good Boy. One Bedroom. Sea Fever. Deep Blue Sea 3. Uh, yeah, I liked that one a lot more than you did. <laughs> but I, I guess that's shark exploitation in me. Uh, next up is Peninsula. And then La Llorona. Swallow. I almost said Shallow. Uh, it is not that. It's actually a very good movie. <laughs> uh, the Wretched. The Other Lamb. Uh, a Killer Next Door. A surprisingly uh, good movie from, from my boy Andrew Jones. Like that guy. He's cool. Uh, check his movies out if you haven't. He, he he's makes he's the dude who makes the like fifty low budget horror movies where you're like, how did someone get the money to make this? Because it looks stupid, but actually when you watch it, it's fairly good. Um, yeah, it's that guy. He did the Robert movies. I like him though. Uh, Scare package, and then she dies tomorrow, which I have a feeling is gonna be on a lot of people's t like top ten. Um, but we'll talk about that maybe. Uh, Spree. Open 24 Hours, a really great movie. Uh, Random Acts of Violence, The Shed, The Cleansing Hour, After Midnight, a really good movie. Uh, that one, that one's going under the radar uh, for a lot of people. Great movie, check it out. Uh, the Rental, The Hunt, We Summon the Darkness, and you're definitely right about this one, Blackwater Abyss. It's quite a bit higher. Um, <laughs> then next is Eight, <laughs> or The Soul Collector, then Becky, then Unhinged. Uh, again, some of these are more thriller, but I'm really loose with the definition of what a horror film is, so fight me on it, I guess. I watched 80 horror films. I can call Unhinged a horror film. <laughs> I guess I earned that right. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> That's fair. Impetigore, uh, VFW, 
the Babysitter, Killer Queen, uh, Spiral, Vampires versus the Bronx, Blood Quantum, Host, Underwater, Relic, The Haunting of Bly Manor, Amulet, The New Mutants, yeah, I love that one too, uh, Blood and Flesh, The uh, Story of Al Adamson, an excellent documentary produced by Severin Films, and The Mortuary Collection, rounding out uh, my number 11 pick before we get into our number 10. So uh, definitely a gauntlet of films there, to say the least. Absolutely. So now that you've had a little bit of a break, I'm going to let you start with your number 10. We'll get a little bit more in-depth with these picks now that we're getting to the kind of the 10 mark of these. So uh, what's your number 10 film, Jody? My number 10 is Freaky. Ooh, I need to check the this one Vince out. The Vince Vaughn and um, some <laughs> Catherine Newton. There we go. Freaky Friday adaptation. Uh, instead of a mom and daughter, it's a serial killer and a teenage girl. And I liked it so much, I went and saw it three times. Holy crap. Cool. Yeah. Also, there were panic viewings. I mean, I had someone different to go with each time that wanted to see it, but they were also... Our governors, both in Michigan and Ohio, live on the border. Both were saying they were closing theaters down midweek. So I, I just... That's not really all that was playing that I wanted to see at the time. So I, I went and saw Freaky three times. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. It's really gory. It's what the Happy Death Day movies could have been if they would have been R-rated instead of PG-13. I like Happy so Death there, Day. It is, oh, I do too. I do too. Um, but the they have the... Freaky has the gore that everybody wanted Happy Death Day to have. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to check it out. I, I haven't so, gotten around to it yet, but I will have but, to watch this one for sure. But in tone and mood and kind of fun, it's the same as those movies. So. Cool. Sounds What's good. your number 10? All right. My number 10 is His House. Uh, very fantastic film. This one got to me. Um, there's a wonderful story here. Um, and it's deep and interesting and has some of the coolest scares, I think. Um, in this movie it's very sophisticated in it in that kind of horror type it feels that way anyway and um yeah i loved it uh it's a netflix original film so not much of an excuse not to check this one out if you're a horror fan so my number 10 is his house so jigsaw jody what All is your right. number nine film my number nine is an irish horror comedy called extraordinary Ooh. i think you're going to see a lot of kind of silly, light kind of movies on my list this year. It's obviously 2020 has been a hard year for everybody, but I've just been in the mood for like goofy. Fair. And this one has a lot of really great reviews. It's about uh, Will Forte from Saturday Night Live. Uh, he's a musician, but he wants to complete a satanic ritual to sell his soul to the devil so he'll have a successful music career again. I'm down. And. The foil to his plan is a psychic uh, driving instructor. So it, I know it sounds really goofy, but yeah, it's really, really heartfelt. Um, the lead actress, her name's Maeve Higgins. Uh, she's entirely endearing. And it was just a, a great, uh, moving, emotional, funny, gory film. You think so I would like my this number one? nine is Extraordinary. I do. Okay. I do. It's a satanic panic movie. 
Well, I'm definitely down then. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, all right. Uh, my number Ooh. nine film is uh, Gretel and Hansel. I love this movie, of course. Uh, it's Oz Perkins' directed movie. Uh, fantastic atmosphere, super artsy, super slow moving. Everything I want in a movie, it's got it. So my number nine is Gretel and Hansel. Nice. So I'm going to break with my uh, fun and comedy tradition here and, and go with number eight is anything for Jackson. Ooh. Because that go. is not at all light or funny or silly. But to be fair, I laughed fantastic. at it actually a couple times. Not not well, in a bad way. That's a good that's a good point. I was even sending you the picture of that guy. So yeah, yeah. that's a that's a good point. But overall the tone is a very dark film. So. <laughs> I said he was my but there hero. Are some, this, yeah. And I was like he is not. <laughs> so but you know, it it tackles issues of grief and loss and anything for Jackson. Um I was even thinking, like, really thinking and breaking down the grief process. And some of the things that we do are actually not for the the person who has passed, but for ourselves and how, how we want to make ourselves have the pain go away. And yeah. some of the things we're willing to do to take away our own pain, and it sometimes is not so good. So, but yeah, it's on Shutter. It's, I mean, if people don't have Shutter at this point, I don't know what they're doing because it's... Yeah, it's so I, cheap and it's so good, but yeah. So the number eight is anything for Jackson. Sweet, yeah, I'm I'm really happy that I I ended up watching that one. Thank thanks partly to to Maniac Mike uh, for making sure I watched this one. I I think he probably would have punched me in the throat if I didn't because uh, it was it was his number one, and I don't want to mess with him. He's he's bigger than I am. <laughs> but uh, either way, all jokes aside, my well, number he's eight, a big teddy bear. I uh, a nice dude. Uh, we we love Maniac Mike. I'm just got to give him a hard time. He ain't here to defend himself. So, but he drank a beer in our honor, and that that uh, makes me feel good. So, makes me feel good inside. Uh, my number eight is The Invisible Man. I uh, love this movie. I've now seen it. I can't tell you how many times. Uh, this is I guess you're freaky for me. Um, I've just happened to be around whenever we watched it. I think I watched it twice in theaters. I think, and then I watched it again with my friends i watched it again at my parents house and i think again some other time so probably five times this year um i've watched the invisible man i, I really like this movie it's great um it's a good movie to show people even that are like casual horror fans because it's it's actually like scary you know like which some horror movies just that's not their intention if that makes any sense and um it, it's about the atmosphere this one is scary it has jump scares it's got good you know tension building and it just has everything you come for in a blockbuster horror movie and i think it delivers so my number eight is the invisible man yeah i think lee one is every bit as good a director as james wan is oh i would 100 percent agree with that it might be you know controversial to some but man that dude's great he has been knocking it out of the park i mean i, I just can't say enough good things about him you're right that's a good point he's and he's been on an upward trend i mean like who knows where he's going to go from here you know so, I'm down. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'd definitely, I'd be more excited for the next 1L film than the next 1 film. Uh, probably, <laughs> frankly. I agree. For me, number seven is The Lodge. 
Ooh, good stuff. And I watched it earlier in the year in the theater, and I thought... Basically, I said the third act is absolutely phenomenal cinematic filmmaking, but it just took its sweet time getting there. And I think I just enjoyed it. Knowing that, I think I enjoyed it a lot more the second time, and I kept dwelling on it and dwelling on it, and then now it found its way up into my top ten. Good. I'm really glad that... So I uh, highly, was... highly recommend The Lodge. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think it's, it's one of the best movies of the year for me. Um, uh, I'll get into it. Um, my number seven then is anything for Jackson. So fairly close, uh, together for us on that one. Uh, lovable movie. Uh, I had a great time. I think that poster art made me think it wasn't going to be as good as it was. It's not that it was bad. It's just like on letterbox, it's hard to see it. And when you look at it, it's like, oh yeah, that's actually a dope poster art. But like, if you look at it just on a small, like thumbnail, it looks kind of dumb. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but sure enough, it turned out to be one of the best horror movies of the year and an unmissable one at that. I 100% recommend anything for Jackson. Everything you said, everything Mike has said, everything I've said here recently. I just can't say enough good things about anything for Jackson. And uh, it's a great film. I'd do anything for this film, probably. You know, number seven on my list. Anything for Jackson. Right on. My number six is H.P. Lovecraft's Color Out of Space Ooh. with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a 4K screening of this back in February, and it was just the colors. I mean, that's the name of the movie, but I mean, it, it, they can't be understated. It's just such an ethereal experience. It's such a weird experience. I mean, what else would you expect from a Lovecraft movie? True. But, I mean, Nicolas Cage is great in it. His other family members are great. Uh, Tommy Chong is great in it. Yeah, he is, actually. So, yeah, no, number six is Color Out of Space. It's also a good Some exploitation. Yeah, it's it's good to see uh, Richard Stanley come back to the films. Uh, that dude was well missed. Hardware was so good. The guy was on such a good trajectory and... And uh, a movie kind of turned him away, and uh, that that kind of stinks, frankly. So uh, good stuff. Uh, definitely check that one out uh, for sure. I, I I agree. It'll probably show up on my list, maybe. <laughs> no, it, it will. So uh, either way, my number six is what film? T- what film turned him away? What's that? You oh, said, I, Richard Stanley, you said a, a film turned him away. I forgot what, what, what movie it, it was. Um, now, I'd, I'd have to look into it. There was a big story with him in a big production studio that just went went sour. Um, there's, uh, It was a big project he had. It was just bigger than anything he'd done. I forgot what the name of it was now. Um, oh, I'll was it around. Dr. Moreau? Yes. Yes, that's what it was. And it, and it turned him away from, from Hollywood. And uh, it turned out really bad. Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. And uh, he he'd went on record pretty much saying that was it for him. He was done. <laughs> he didn't want anything to do with cinema anymore, so, which sucks, you know. But that, that whole studio, just some studio meddling and all that good stuff. So, all right. Either way, my number six film is The Beach House. Man, I love this film. Some Lovecrafty and stuff. There's a bunch of Lovecraft <laughs> on my list. Of course there is. 
And uh, this movie's great. It's gorgeous. Uh, the acting performances are great. Uh, the atmosphere got me. Uh, everything about this movie, I love it. I've talked a lot about it, so I won't go on and on. But uh, my number six is The Beach House. My number five is a festival movie called The Boy Behind the Door. Ooh. It's about two boy best friends who get kidnapped, and one of them is able to escape and could get away, but he decides to stay behind and help and fight back and help his friend escape. And it's a they have the boys have a really strong bond of best friendship, and it that's really played up in the film. Um, the villain is uh, for any of the True Blood fans out there, Pam from True Blood, uh, Kristen Bauer Van Stratton. Um, she's fantastic in it, and she's fantastic in True Blood too. She's my favorite character. But yeah, so it, uh, Boy Behind the Door, uh, it was part of Fantasia Film Fest, I believe. And I saw, was able to see a virtual screening of it, and it had a small release later after that. And it's made easily made my top ten of the year. It was my number one horror movie for a while. But uh, we have four coming that, that boosted it down. Sounds so. good. I, I do want to see this one. Uh, very interested. I, I happen to miss it, um, <laughs> unfortunately. The uh, Alamo Drafthouse app, I, I actually missed it, unfortunately. <laughs> whenever I whenever mm -hmm. I got around to getting onto the app, I, I missed the screener. So that kind of stinks. Uh, but I did want to check this one out for sure. Uh, so I apologize to the fans out there that probably wanted, <laughs> wanted a review of that. But I missed that one, unfortunately. So, But no, I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out. Uh, my number five film is a... Uh, movie uh from joe bagos there's two movies of his pretty high on my list uh this is bliss now i think this was a 2019 release in some areas but i didn't catch it until 2020 and to my knowledge it didn't get released until 2020 like for mass viewing as far as i understand so it made my list and it's one of my favorite movies of the year um have you seen this one jody i did indeed I actually okay. saw it in 2019 oh you saw it in 2019 okay did you like it? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, this movie got insane towards the end. I was really shocked at how graphic this thing got. Uh, filled with content, really, but it wasn't gratuitous. It's just part of the tone of the movie. This thing goes complete depravity mode by the end of it, and I was, I loved it. This thing was great. So my number five is Bliss. Uh, 100% recommend checking it out, but you got to have a strong stomach for this one. Yeah, so some of the artwork in that film was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it, it's kind of like The Devil's Honey in that way, just not with the mass appeal of The Devil's Honey <laughs> because it's extremely right. graphic. So, no, The Bliss is a great movie. What you got for number uh, for four, Joe? We're going back to silly and fun with The Hunt. Ooh, that's a good the one. The supposedly so controversial movie that they had to delay it from 2019 to 2020. Oh, no. And I thought it was absolutely hysterical and gory and bloody and fun. And there's some bigger-ish names in the beginning. And there's one that dies like 20 seconds, like in 20 seconds. And I was like, whoa. So it was some some pretty fun cameos and different things that they did with it and the lead actress in that was pretty 
Betty Gilpin. She was pretty awesome, and I oh, loved yeah. her fight scene with Hillary Hillary Swank at the end. It was really good. They had a really badass fight scene. So, yeah, what a film! Yeah, I, I um, loved it too. And what a film! And and I couldn't see what the big deal was really that it had to be so controversial or it whatever. Wasn't. I think almost like it was like it was like hype or something because they equally made fun of both sides. It wasn't like both sides are equally you know, involved in violence and things like that. I mean, so the people was, making a stink about know, it wouldn't have been able to see it anyway. I mean, you know, like, it wasn't a movie that they could really get their hands on, you know, at that time. So it was just a bunch of people who hadn't seen the movie, speculating about what it was about and then getting mad about it. So, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. So, yeah. It, but I had, um, a, I had a blast with it. I, I fully, fully recommend it. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's a great movie. My uh, my number four is a documentary, Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. This one got me. I loved this movie. Absolutely loved it. Um, the story about Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and uh, Mark Patton and kind of his story of what happened with this movie. Um, and this story needs to be told. It uh, ran him away from Hollywood and an up and starting career and... Uh, Frankly, it doesn't deserve it. I, I actually really like this movie. I've grown to love it over time. And I'll be the first to admit, and I was one of the bandwagoners originally that, that just absolutely hated this movie. Um, and have since over time, very much turned around on this movie. And I've really quite enjoyed it since then. So uh, my number four is Scream Queen. Uh, check that one out. It's on Shudder, I think, too. It is. Uh, that's a great pick. I think that probably make my top ten too. I forgot to include documentaries, so yeah, it's it's yeah, that's, that's fair. A, that some people don't. Some people do. Uh, it it is what it is either way. Um, that one had to make my list for me. And I am ashamed to admit I'm one of the bandwagoners too. I hated it as a young teen and just always dismissed it. And then when I got to film school and people were talking about it, like, oh, you know, it's like. You know, the most homoerotic movie I've ever seen. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, what? And then I was like, no, he has it. They're trying to explain it to me. I was like, no, like, he has a girlfriend and, like, and all this stuff. And then I rewatched it and I just laughed. Oh, it's and very homoerotic. And it's great. It, it and then par pa pairing it with the documentary is, the like, an awesome double feature. About as almost, but not as good as doing Troll 2 and Best Worst Movie. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's, and this in this case, it's important, too, for the redemption angle in a way. Um, for Mark Patton himself, who's kind of, you know, had this redemption angle of, you know, getting to these conventions, realizing how many, you know, lives he's touched throughout time and, and, uh, his story, it, it's a heartbreaking story, really, um, what happened to him and, and kind of, uh, what drove him away, but he found happiness and, and, uh, it's, it's great. And he is, and if he wants to be called the scream queen, I'm all for it. He's the scream queen, man. I'm, I'm down. I like it. Number four is Scream Queen. <laughs> What's your number three? Shutter Original Blood Quantum. Ooh, wow. That one that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I loved the theme of brotherhood, of family ties, um, the concept of being immune to a zombie out you know, based on your genetics just being automatically immune to the zombie apocalypse and then having to decide whether you're going to let people in or not and how the, 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 the inner conflict 
between the tribe saying no we don't let out anyone but our we don't let in anyone but ourselves and, and our in our tribe and then the, the other people who you know wanted to ha have kindness and help people live and things like that so but yeah it was just f f i thought it was absolutely phenomenal yeah. give it a nine out of ten i'm i'm right there with you i really i really love this one too uh glad you got got a lot of enjoyment out of it uh my number three is Color Out of Space from Richard Stanley. This is another one I've nice. talked a ton about, you know, uh, throughout the year. But everything you said about it, I can't say it a whole lot better. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see this one in the cinema. Uh, but uh, the Blu-ray and 4K uh, releases, those look great. And it's an amazing movie. I, I have the 4K release of this and very impressed with it. Just an amazing movie. I love this film. Color Out of Space. One of my favorites of the year. Another Lovecraft movie, of course. Uh, it's my number three movie of the year. Check it out. My number two is Possessor. Ooh, there you go. Brandon Cronenberg, son of David Cronenberg. Great body horror. Um, and I probably won't talk about it too much more. I, I don't want to spoil anything from it, but it's got Andrea Riseborough from Mandy. And she's fantastic in this, and mm. yeah, just really, really great. Um, I hope I saw, did, okay, it was the version you loaned me. D did we get the uncut version? Yes, yeah, that was the uncut. Okay, nice. Good, 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 good. Yeah, it was the uncut version, and uh, it's, holy crap, <laughs> that is a graphic film. Uh, yes, in in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, it's graphic. So it it goes out there, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that one, I'm sure, on my list as well. I'm interested in what your number one is then. Very interested. So, uh, my number All two... All right, we'll be covering that in a minute. My number two is The Lodge, uh, directed by Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala. Uh, sorry for the notification. I just got a notification that the Dolphins won. <laughs> uh, but either way... Uh, I love The Lodge. This got some mixed reviews uh, from some people, but the people that love this movie really love it. And man, that ending hits. It freaking hits, dude. Oh my gosh. I can't... I don't want to get into the ending because I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen it. As I feel there's quite a few people that have yet to see this one. Uh, check it out for sure. It's got some of the best performances of the year. Um, this is a... Oscar caliber movie in my opinion it's just not going to get nominated because you know the academy hates no. horror so they do uh, same as the next movie I'll be talking about but uh, they, they hate horror and uh, for that they should be ashamed and I, I will continue to say that um, one of these days uh, they'll hopefully I'll be uh, you know have enough followers or whatever to be considered and then they'll read this and then hear it and go yeah he, does, he hates us so he doesn't want it <laughs> <laughs> so either way if you're if you hear this academy be ashamed like horror films otherwise then then you wouldn't have to be ashamed of yourself but either way ran aside mm -hmm. what's your number one movie my number one movie is going back to the light-hearted comedy theme and that would be love and monsters oh wow i have not this is a is this a horror film i did not know it was actually considered horror Okay, I'm I'm down. Uh, I need to check it out. <laughs> I I would say it is. I mean, it's 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 like it's 
admittedly a clone, almost a carbon copy of Zombieland. Okay. Um, the giant monsters have taken over the earth and killed most everybody, and the few remaining survivors live underground in bunkers, but the monsters are starting to be able to get through the bunkers, so... Um, the main guy, he's uh, Styles from Teen Wolf, Dylan O'Brien. He decides he got separated from his girlfriend that he loved when the monster apocalypse started. So he decides, you know, screw it, they're getting in anyways. I'm going to travel this, it's like 70 miles or something. And he has to walk and find his way to her bunker. Huh. And he befriends a dog. Uh, the dog's awesome. And he re he befriends a basically a Tallahassee and a uh you know the Abigail Brusland version of characters from Zombie Land and they they kind of journey together and you know again often with these kind of things the humans there's humans that are the bigger bad guys than the actual monsters or the zombies but yeah it's it was great it's uh. It was entertaining. It was funny. It was heartfelt. It's kind of I teared up even at one point, and I just thought it was really awesome. So yeah, I, that. my top spot went to Love and Monsters. I need to check this one out pretty bad then. Uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, then my number one is Possessor. Uh, fantastic film, man. I. I this one really impressed me. I liked Antiviral, don't get me wrong, but I think this is new level. Like, I think he learned a lot from that film and kind of the reception of it. This is full-on art house, full crazy, and full, of course, I'm going to love it. So, definitely check out Possessor. It's my number one movie of the year. And, and that's Dang. not just horror. I'll, I'll spoil my number one of all movies. Uh, it's my number one movie of the year. And uh, I don't think it's going to get passed. I love Possessor so much. <laughs> Such a good movie. Um, so, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it really is. It. I've been looking forward to it all year, and I missed it in theater, unfortunately. Um, and then finally got to check it out when it came out on VOD, and I was happy that I did. So, very good. Possessor sitting at my number three spot for the year overall. Awesome. My, my number one's, of course, Onward. Ooh, good deal. I like it. Uh, gotta love Onward. I do. I do. I, I need to go go for another like rewatch of that one. I think again, so I can bump it up again to a nine, so it can get higher. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I like that movie every time I watch it just a little bit more. So okay, no, that's uh that's all I got for my list. Uh, definitely a gauntlet of films. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we close out the the show? Nope, uh, this has been a great year of cinema despite the theaters closing for about five months. Um, there yeah. was still lots of great streaming content that came out. Um, and I think if we can get the vaccine going and everything gets back to kind of a normal for 2021, I think we're going to see yeah. uh, like an Armageddon of amazing cinema and content, even on streaming, even in the theaters. Um, in my... You know, even though production shut down on so many things for the year, like for a big chunk of the year, the fact that that didn't shut down writers, you know, like I'm hoping that we're going to get some of the best written content that we've had in years and years from people, you know, being quarantined at home and maybe hopefully finding some writer's inspiration and 
and, and churning out some of that good content that's going to get made next year and we'll have an amazing 2022. Yeah, I'm really hoping this stuff, that the vaccine really helps out and kind of takes takes win quick. So I'm, I'm tired of this stuff. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you that right now. I am very much tired of the coronavirus stuff and uh, ready for things to get back to normal, uh, which just something to look forward to in uh, 2021. Who, who would have thought? You know, this time last year we were looking forward to this year, you know, and uh, going, you know, what what great things do we have in store? Little did we ever think that a pandemic of this nature would really take storm and disrupt our entire year, really, um, which is exactly what happened. <laughs> so it's sure kind of weird. Uh, but, you know, good things happen, you know, still. I'm not saying that it should have happened, but, you know, I'm always kind of a look at the bright side type of guy and, you know, in this case, there were some, uh, not very many, but there were some good things that happened. <laughs> but, oh, well, either way, I don't have anything else to add. I just kind of wanted to say uh, Happy New Year. You know, hopefully everyone had a good holiday season. And, uh, you know, uh, we appreciate everyone listening, for sure. You know, a lot of great Absolutely. stuff. And uh, for thank you for everyone who listened and, and supported us and enjoyed our show uh, this year. It makes it all worth it, so. Until next time, we will talk to you all later. And that concludes our show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review. Find us on Facebook. But one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us. You know, if they love movies and you love movies, hopefully they love our podcast too. So we would love to hear uh, you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends. And uh, tell them about our community. If they have any questions about movies, we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh, maybe they should watch. Uh, But either way, until next time, we hope to see you all again.